0: welcome to courtside moms i'm your host wendy sparks today my guest is carolyn kiles mother of julius randall of the new york knicks we've got a lot to cover so sit back relax and let's get carolyn on the show so thank you, Carolyn. I am so blessed that you are here with me today, and we are about to learn all about your baby, Julius. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. So let's start at the very beginning of his love for basketball. How was he introduced to the game? He... um
1: he would always want a ball, you know, like for a birthday present or a Christmas present. And he was just always just like I say, throwing a ball around and he just kind of clinged to the basketball um, because he would see the kids outside playing all the time. And so he was just dribbling around the house all the time, like maybe at the age of four. And I saw that he could kind of dribble really good. By the time he was five, and so I'm like, okay, I need to put this energy into something, let you use this. And he was always so much taller than all the kids in his class. So this is kindergarten. So I couldn't <laughs> put him in the kindergarten grade to play ball. So I said, because you know, that wouldn't help him increase his, uh, you know, his ability. Right. So I played him up. I played him in first grade, wanted to play him in second grade, but they wouldn't allow it. And then it just kind of went from there.
0: Oh, that's amazing. And I love the fact that you as a mom recognized, like, wait a minute, my baby got some <laughs> talent. He, he got some skills. I mean, we know that skills came from you, which we'll talk about a little later on. So.
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> so what about organized basketball? Because now you said you recognize this talent um, at kindergarten. Um, yeah. So when did you start putting him in, like, organized basketball and stuff, like, on teams and... Okay,
1: so his uh, again, his first team was like kind of like a YMCA team. It was in Richardson and he played on that team for a couple of years. And then I saw he kind of outgrew that because he was starting and the kids were older than him. So it was a friend of his whose father and I would always argue at the barbershop. We ran into each other at the barbershop because his son was on a different team. And then we would play against him and we we're all talking about who was cheating, you know. And then all of a sudden he was like, Will you put him on the team, you know, with my son. Oh, you want him on the team with your son now. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, so he created a team. It was out of Mesquite and he played on that for a little while and then a really good friend of ours. Um, Uh, who his son and Julius were good friends, started a team and they did really well. And we played on that team for about a year. And then that's when um, Mr. Trout created the Texas Titan team. And uh, Julius started playing on that team in the fifth grade. And we did a lot of traveling over the United States. And um, we were the top. Because Mr. Trout would fly us in private planes everywhere we went, and Ooh. we stayed in the best hotels. And they, you know, we were in the newspapers and stuff, and they were like, he is spoiling these kids. This is not fair, <laughs> da, da 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 da. But he had great intentions, um, you know, with that, because he saw when he went to tournaments with his son on the team that they were on, parents were that had money were able to take their kids to restaurants stay in a nice place. Right. And some kids, the parents, they had to bring lunch and they were sitting outside eating bag lunch. He said that he wanted to create a team with his sons that we were like a family. Right. That everybody stayed somewhere nice. Everybody had a meal together like a family. Yeah. And it was one of the best experience ever. I still we still talk to Mr. Trout because we're family Absolutely. and it never right. stopped.
0: That's beautiful because he created like everybody was equal. Yes. And that's exactly. nice because you don't want some kids to feel away the because they, you know, because their parents can't afford. And sometimes they just really can't. And there's really yes. nothing you can do. So it's nice that you have somebody that came along and said, you know what? I don't care where you come from. I don't care what your background is. We're all equal. We're one family. We're going to do, you know, play together as one team. We're united and let's move forward. Love, love, love that.
1: Yes. And then his other vision was, every kid that played on that team, he was going to highlight them and make sure everyone went to college. And that dream came to fruition. Everyone on Julius' team went to college. Either they went on a scholarship or a couple of kids went academic wise because he didn't play with that, you know, I didn't. Julius, no, I'd be at the school real quick if I'm on the computer and saw he didn't turn to paper in. I'm like, seriously? Oh, okay. Let me call him. What's going on with this paper?
0: <laughs> you know, and so
1: that's amazing.
0: I don't think Julius wanted to hear on the intercom. <laughs> Julius, your yeah. mama's in the office. Nope. <laughs> or,
1: or walking outside. One day he was walking outside coming, you know, a group of them coming from lunch. And I was just coming to, you know, the restaurant at the church there and they saw me and I said. Why is not in class? So I drove around. He looked like he was just like he saw a ghost. Mom, mom, I'm just. I said, boy, I was just, you know, want to say hi. He said, oh, okay, we was going to the gym. Coach wait for us at the gym. Juice, no, I didn't play about
0: school. <laughs> That's right. Good for you. <laughs> I love that story. So, so, let's move forward to high school to Prestonwood okay. Christian. Julius yes. is McDonald on American Jordan Brand classic. So. What was this time in high school like for you as mom? Um, Transferring him to Prestonwood was one of the
1: best decisions that I made for him. Uh, Julius was a very smart kid. He was part of the Duke tips. Um, He um, aced the uh, math. He's just brilliant in math. So Prestonwood provided an atmosphere where It pushed him to the next level to get that A. And um, several kids transferred to that school. He won state championship three years out of four there. And uh, his senior year, you know, that's the biggest year for all athletes. And something like that, November, he broke his foot. We were in a Thanksgiving tournament and he came down. And uh, he just wasn't walking right. And he kept looking over at me and I knew something was wrong. And I told him, I said, you know, go in the back. He wanted to try to go out there and play. That's the one thing about my son is that he will play through pain because he just don't want to feel like he's giving up on his team. And I told him, no, I said, you could barely walk. And so he um, had broke his foot and that was devastating because he was trying to make the McDonald's all American. Jordan classic and one of the rules of the McDonald's they had to play a certain percentage of their year right. you know schedule in order to make it and uh, it looked like it was just not gonna happen because he had to be in a boot for like six to eight weeks and he's calling a specialist and everything to see <laughs> okay can I come back in four weeks you know just trying to get a doctor to say yes yeah you know so he could come back and I'm like this will make it worse than making it better, right. but um, we were on phone calls, conference calls with the McDonald's, and they were like, okay, if he could come back at this certain time, and he looks as if he's at a hundred percent, then we will still consider him and you know, let him in. And I think that was the second time in the history of the McDonald's All-American that, what is it, 12 players on each team, yeah. that they had a 25th player. And Julius was that 25th player because he came back killing, you know, hitting threes, doing euro steps, and everything <laughs> because he wanted. <laughs> you know, you worked, you know, all these years for that moment, and then to have something like that happen and think it's going to get taken away from you, you know, it was devastating for him.
0: Yeah, injuries. I mean. For a young guy, you know what I mean. All they want to do is play. So it's funny how they all of a sudden want to get involved with the doctors. You know what I mean, with the healing process and ask all these questions. You know, (laughs) you you can't rush it.
1: <laughs> Who are you on the phone with? You know, he's finding <laughs> phone numbers and stuff. I'm like, no, we're not going to do that.
0: <laughs> yeah, and and you know, it's 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 cute because that yeah. really is so 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 important to them. You know what I mean? Like everything for them is just being able to get on the court and play.
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah. So, so, how did you keep him grounded with all the hype that surrounded him? Um.
1: Being a single mom, I just kind of like just stressed things to them. Nothing was more important to me than my son and my daughter and being there for them. If I couldn't do what I wanted to do with them, it wasn't done. Right. And I kept them in church. Julius was a junior usher at church and Julius had a dream. He wanted to be in the NBA So that was the most important thing to him. And he knew he couldn't get to college unless he had good grades. When he had other friends, you know, going out to the parties that, you know, some of the other kids were giving or something like that. Julius was in the gym. Julius only did two activities a year at Prestonwood. He went to the prom, maybe two or three weeks before the prom. He thought about a girl who wanted to take. He'd ask her and he went to the prom after the prom, it was over with. He's back in the gym and then, and then homecoming, he's back in the gym. And, uh, after he did that, uh, cause he had a dream and when you have a dream, you know, you put forth the effort to make that happen. And, um, I said, God knew being a single parent that I could only take so much right. just being me. And he gave me two of the most wonderful kids, and especially my son, um, that they never gave me any trouble. And being on the Texas Titans, um, he had a lot of fathers on that team that you know, they were able to mentor him, that I could say something and they could say the exact same thing that I said, but it sounded different yeah. because it was coming from that man. So I made sure that I surrounded him around great role models.
0: But it's good that he was surrounded around those great models that actually thought the way that you thought, right? Because then it, exactly. gives, like, it gives like that validity to what mom is saying. You know what I mean? Like yeah. our boys listen to us to a certain extent yeah. and then they're like, okay, wait a minute. And then they go and yeah. somebody else says it and all of a sudden it's like gold. And we're like, I said that yesterday. Yeah. But-
1: <laughs> exactly, because I would look at him and say, didn't I just say that? I just said that,
0: Joyce. <laughs> yeah. He's like, no, 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 you didn't. So, yeah. <laughs> so- Let's talk about his college recruitment. Do you remember the first letter?
1: You know, I have a bin in the garage because they're building, him and my daughter in law, Kendra, are building a home now. And you know, you save all of that stuff. And I know it's important, but at the time, he doesn't think that it is. Yeah. But now he does since he has a son, you know. And I kept all this stuff. I mean, and it's this gigantic bin that it's like thousands of letters. I don't know which one came in first, but it's just like tons of them there. And um, I'm saving it, save them for him. And I said, when you guys finish this house. You know, you come over here and get this bin and all these medals and stuff. and You take them over, you know, to your house. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, you know, I'm going to say it was probably Baylor was the first team to recruit Julius. Wow. I didn't even know we were being recruited. The coach that was recruiting him was Paul Mills from Baylor. And uh, I saw Paul at the game. He was always coming to the games. He was just smiling at me. And I thought he was someone's uncle or something <laughs> that I haven't met yet. And I was like, why is this guy always smiling to me? And I went to one of the high school coaches. And I was like, who's this guy? I was like, he's always at the games and he's waving at me and he's smiling. And the coach said, oh, that's old Paul Mills from Baylor. He's here looking at Julius. I said, we're being recruited? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, that was like ninth grade, I think, or eighth grade. I was like, oh, okay. I didn't even know it. It was (laughs) was something new to me. She's like, whose uncle is this? (laughs) Yeah, we were being recruited and I had no clue.
0: (laughs) You know, yeah, you're reminding me of when my son got a bunch of letters, too, and we had no idea. First of all, I haven't even heard of, like, 75% of these schools, like, never, yes. you know what I mean? So every time he would get a letter, I'd have to ask, because, you know yeah. what I mean, Google wasn't hot then, so I had no yeah, yeah. idea. So I'd have, I'd have to ask everybody, like, do you have you ever heard of this school? Or, or I would yeah. go on, yeah. you know what I mean, go on, go on watch them play like I would go on TV and I'm like okay hold on a second let me go see if they're playing today and let me see what this team is about but you know how long that took because then I had to wait for a game (laughs) yeah
1: wait and see you know we we didn't have Instagram Twitter was just kind of like starting a little bit man and stuff so
0: I had none of that so (laughs) (laughs) so no there was no Twitter for me I'm still bad at Twitter anyway so (laughs) (laughs) Ken's like 28 so I'm terrible at that so anyhow yeah
1: You know, I first joined Twitter because Julius was on something like the 16 and under USA team, and they went out of the country somewhere, and that was our form of communicating with each other, and it not costing me anything. And so we would DM each other on Twitter, and the coaches would contact me that way and stuff, and that's when I got on Twitter.
0: (laughs) Amazing. Yeah, I looked the other day, I've been... I've been on Twitter, I think, since uh, two thousand seven. I think, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm as good as it today as I was back then. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So it's still a learning experience um, for me. <laughs> yeah,
0: I know. And now, when I watch my son's games, a lot of fans would they would <laughs> they would send me messages, and I could read it, but that, that's it. It's gone. I can't find it again. So, <laughs> or I tweet stuff and can't find it. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, I'm putting myself on blast, <laughs> but whatever. So. <laughs> So that's okay. Yeah, that's it. You used to play NCAA ball for the University of Texas. So although yes. the process may have been slightly different, how were you able to use your past experience to exi- to assist Julius to find the right school where he can both get a great education and offer the best basketball program? Well, I
1: actually went to the University of Texas in Arlington. Mm, yes. And, um, just talk to Julius about things, you know, he, I liked basketball, but Julius loved basketball. So the thing we needed to look at was he wanted to go to, to the NBA and what was his best situation? What school could offer him the best situation of getting there as quick as possible? What coach could showcase him the best? And, um, it all came down to when he you know, was deciding on what school. It was Florida, um, Kentucky, Texas, and uh, I can't remember the other one. And um, Cal is known for producing players, one and done, right. getting there as quick as possible, accomplishing their dreams. And um, it was like a no-brainer. You know, Absolutely. we did the homeschool. Um, North Carolina was the other school. Uh, coach Williams. I mean, Coach Williams is like a dad. I loved talking to him. He had just this calm feeling, you know, like you're talking to your granddad. So it was either him and um, the coach, Billy Donovan was at Florida did. Yes, And um, so it was out of those three. And we just felt like, Cal could push him within those, you know, few months. What is it? They're there like eight months maybe, and showcase his talent and you know, get him to where he wanted to be, where he is now. And uh, you know, it was one of the great experiences, you know. Coaches, Coach Cal is hard, and we explained to him. You Know high school and summer ball is easy when you get to college, you're going to hear some words you've never heard before, <laughs> so you better make sure you have tough skin. Oh, yeah. And it's only because they're trying to get you to where you want to go where you're going to hear even worse words, okay? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, that, that was pretty much it. You know, um, my mom, uh, she passed away last year, she used to say she was Julius's first coach because. Yeah. Whenever I had to go out of town for work, I would drive down to Southeast Texas and pick her up five hour drive and bring her up back up here. She would keep the kids and he would wake her up first thing in the morning. Come on, Granny, let's go outside. You know, I need you to pass me the ball, pass me the ball. You know, and so she'd be out there passing him the ball and, um, you know, just helping him, you know, as a young kid. And then I would always take him to the wreck And, you know, when he was shorter than me able to teach him some things. And one day he was so mad because I was throwing hook shots. It was his sister and I against him, his best friend. And I was throwing hook shots on him. We was beating them (laughs) and stuff. And so uh, I threw the ball to his sister and he was so mad that we were beating them that he went and he blocked her shot and knocked her down. And he was just huffing and puffing. I was like, it's really, what is wrong with you? You know, I don't like to lose. I don't like to lose. I was like, but that's your sister. <laughs> that's your sister. And I just had to end the game. And I, you know, I would always tell him, he said, Mom, when am I going to be as tall as you? Because he was always reaching up to me. And I said, One day you're going to be taller than me. Let's just, you know, hold on and stuff. And it's just amazing how time can pass. And I'm looking up at him now. Yeah.
0: You know, <laughs> yeah, oh, I love that. And it mm-hmm. seems like you were always able to share his entire basketball experience with him. So I just love yes. that story. I love it, love it,
1: yeah, that's the one great thing about being on the Texas Titan doing that period of fifth grade to his senior year. Uh, Mr. Trout provided, you know the private plane, all the parents. To come to the games right. all the parents stayed at the hotel paid for with the kids the greatest parents ever because when you know normal teams you know the parents are trying to budget you're trying mm-hmm. to raise money to get these kids to these tournaments everywhere to get them showcased Absolutely. and uh, then you come back home okay I got this bill to pay and you have paid all this other stuff while you're on this tournament yeah And so that was a great blessing. Again, I just feel like it was God uh, just every step of the way, looking out for us, um, getting Julius to
0: his dream. Oh, absolutely. I love when parents come together and see the vision, right? And for us, um, before my son went to the U.S., I mean, we grew up in Canada, right? So he played AAU. Mm -hmm. And for us as parents, we had to raise that money. But it's like we had to raise twice as much because of the exchange.
1: So yes. if tournament was 1200
0: yeah. us, you know what I mean? That's a lot more <laughs> than we had to raise. So
1: I, yeah.
0: I, I just laugh because we used to tell the kids, okay, you have to go to the grocery stores and bag <laughs> Oh my God. And people would yeah. the stories be scared because you have these six foot seven boys at the yeah. end, yeah. at the end of all the, <laughs> of all <laughs> what the registers were. And I'll never forget. They said to Kim, you know what, go outside and ask people if they're willing to donate. And he's like, okay. So he went with another player, and people were walking by, and he's literally, You want to give us any money? <laughs> uh. <laughs> and this lady's like, I do not. And he's like, okay. He didn't care. He had a- <laughs> Okay, we were doing what we had to do at that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So needless to say, that's right. Needless to say, the parents had to go because, yeah, people were scared of these tall trees that were standing there (laughs) trying to beg these people for money. But anyway, so So at Kentucky, Mm -hmm. (laughs) were you at that national championship game in 2014 where they played UConn? It was here in Dallas. And
1: Julius, actually, I think he did a tweet, like in the ninth grade it was, he said, my dream is to play in this tournament because it's going to be in Dallas. And how great is that? Um, You know, they had a little Rocky start in Kentucky that year, and we didn't know how it was going to go. And then it's kind of like that when it says, when God shows up, he shows out. And they were winning these games and the Harrison twins, one of them would hit a big shot right at the end and we're winning by one, two or three. And um, it was amazing. Uh, we had all the guys and the family over for dinner and um, it was, I still talk about that game now, you know, cause I created a little Jerry box for jewels with all his rings, McDonald's, AAU championship, high school, And that ring, at first, Julius, it was a runner-up, and he threw it in the back of his car. And his fiance at that time, now wife Kendra, she was cleaning out his trunk of the car, and she saw that ring, and she was like, "Julius, just threw this ring in the back. You want me to send it to you?" And I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "I don't want that, but now it's important to him that you know he can show it to his son." But he was so disappointed, and We all were. We lost by six points. Mm -hmm. So I'm remembering this. I'm I'm saying six points because I have not forgotten. (laughs) It was right there. It was right there. And you think about that game, just like I'm sure your son does now that when they lose like by one or two or three points you think about what I could have done better you know what what if I would have made this shot you know and I just say all the time with things in life I was like you know God is just so funny you know he's forgiving and stuff but you know we make mistakes he just tell us to have wisdom learn from it and try hard and do better the next time moving forward. I was like, why he just can't give us do Why we can't just go back and do stuff over again and make it different? That was a heartbreaker. I
0: mean, <laughs> I can only imagine, I mean, you're sitting there, you're watching this game, you're stressed. I mean, what was going through your yes. mind? I mean, you're sitting there amongst 70,000 fans. Like yes. what was yes. Carolyn thinking?
1: He, you know, he always knows, he always knows where I'm sitting in the stands. And you know, all the family was right there. And he's looking over at me. And you know, you're looking at the clock. Okay, we're, you know, behind by four, there's still a chance, you know, then behind by eight or whatever, then it's the six points and the time is just, you know, going by and it's like in my head, I'm like, oh my God, give us a miracle like you've had uh, have done all these past games where somebody hit these big shots right at the end and you know, we won. And then it was just like, you see, like it's seconds. And I'm like, oh my God, it's about to be over. We're about to lose. Yeah. You know, but the great thing is we can take away from that is that like I said, they were kind of other teams and people were laughing at Kentucky because Cal had recruited all these five-star players. Yeah. And everybody was talking about, okay, they're gonna win it. And then, you know, they were having a little shaky season at first and losing and stuff. So they were laughing at us. Okay, I got all these five stars and they're not doing anything. They're losing. And I said, you know what? All of them that laughed at us, they were at home watching us (laughs) on that big stage, (laughs) you know. We didn't win it, but they did neither. We got way farther than they did. That's right. At least
0: you had that opportunity to be there that day playing that game. So they can laugh yes. all they want, right? So <laughs> Yes. So Julius decided to declare in 2014. Mm-hmm. He was athletically ready for the possibility of moving to the next step. But in your opinion, was he mentally ready to play in the NBA where the expectations are much higher, Their pressure is so different, and the players have way more experience. I think
1: he thought he was ready. Uh, Physically, he was. Um, But you got to think, he was just now turning 19. Mm -hmm. He's still a kid. Right. You know, um, he was just now in Kentucky doing his own laundry, and then I had a laundry you know, company picking up his laundry once the season started. There's still much so much things that he needs to learn about now being a grown up. Yeah, Yeah, you have the agent, you have the financial advisor, but everyday life walking that and knowing the things that you need to do to prepare yourself and your body. I don't think he had any clue. Yeah. I mean he's he's a master at it now with the things that he does to prepare his body. You know, the one person that was there to uh, help him try to figure things out, you know, was Kobe. Kobe was his idol. Whenever we went to those games, um, whenever we went to the games at the Mavericks, Mr. Trout had a suite there. And the boys would go down taking turns. Sitting courtside to watch the teams. But whenever the Mavericks played the Lakers, Julius got to sit courtside the whole game. Wow. And um, because the Lakers was his favorite team and Kobe was his idol. Yeah. One time he was walking, it was halftime, and he was walking back to his seat, and he said, hey, Kobe. And Kobe walked over to him and gave him a high five. And when he got back to the suite, he was like, mom, did you see that? Kobe gave me a high five. I'm never washing this hand again. I'm never. I'm like, okay, Julie. And I don't think I ever, you know, told this story to Kobe. He he would have got a crack, you know, just laughed about it. But he helped Julius try to figure out a lot of things. And, you know, your parents tell you things, but you don't listen. Yeah. And it was like, when you get older, when you have your kids, you're going to realize what I'm saying. And. So he, you know, he heard Kobe, but now it means so much more. Now that he's not here, he can hear him still and remember the things that he told him about. Okay, your feet, you know, you need to go get stuff done to your feet all the time. You know, you need to get treatment after every game. You know, you need to meditate, you know, go to the gym, put up shots. That's one of the things he was talking about. Um, the other day when he did an interview about when he came to Dallas, he thought he was getting ready to hang out with family and Kobe said, no, we're getting ready to go to the gym. And that's something Kobe did before every game when they landed, he wasn't going to the hotel. He had them to find the gym and he was there putting up shots. Yeah. And that's something Julius is doing now. It probably wasn't something he was doing his first year. You know, he broke his leg his first year. Uh, so he was out the whole season, probably not his second year. You know, but slowly he figured it out of what he needed to do and remembered all those voices that were speaking to him, like Kobe, and you know maybe some other people um, that he takes with him now, and making him the player that he is today.
0: Absolutely. Oh, it's so touching to hear that. It really, truly really is. I, I I was
1: about to cry, so I had to take a minute. That's all you right. Know. I'm sure for everyone, it's still a a tender moment oh, for sure, you
0: know? for sure. And it always will be, you know, I mean? yeah. he's, he stood for so much, um, mm-hmm. you know, on the court and off the court. And so many people looked up to him and still yeah. do, you know, like mama yeah. mentality is always going to be there forever. Like yeah. he set the stage and mm-hmm. now everybody is just there trying to follow it because at the end of the day, it made, it meant so much and means so much to, to a lot of players.
1: Yeah. yeah. The first year uh, Kobe had retired, uh, Julius worked out with him a lot. And, you know, all he had to do, he said, just call me. And he would call Kobe. Kobe would pick up the phone. He said, hey, I need you to work me out, you know. And Kobe would say something like, okay, be at my house at five o'clock. Julius said that evening? No, five <laughs> o'clock in the morning. <laughs> And where do they live in Calabasas somewhere? And so it was going to be a long drive. And so Jules is like sitting his alarm clock and trying to think about the traffic because don't get there late.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, no, don't get there late on Kobe. That's amazing. So mm-hmm. let's just go back um, to draft night. Okay. Give us the full details from the preparations to the end of the night.
1: Preparations his uh, his barber here in Dallas, and he still uses him now in Kaiden. He gave Kaiden his first haircut, and that is the only barber Kendra would let touch Kaiden's hair if he has if they have to fly him into New York or they're down here. So I knew Julius. I said, Tyler, uh, I mean, Travis, I said, hey, are you gonna come to New York for the uh, for the draft? He was like, yeah, I said, great. I said, well, you're going to have to come to the hotel and cut Julius's hair. I said, he's not even thinking about this. And I said, I went on and paid him, you know, the money for doing this. So he had already got his suit and um, we're eating dinner and we're going to meetings, meeting other parents and, you know, everybody, you know, have their questions, you know, talking to Robin Paul, she's the best and kind of, she was on the panel of helping the new parents, uh, you know, with questions and trying to figure out the road moving forward. And he was just having a great time and just nervous. And you're thinking about where you're going to land, you know? And uh, he, you know, was told um, he was going to be anywhere from like, you know, maybe two, three or four. And you're sitting there in the green room and we're getting dressed and everybody's going to the bus and, You know, Travis had cut his hair. And then again, like I said, he's 19 years old. And he calls me in my room and he says, mom, do you have some money for me to pay Travis? I said, Julius, I knew you were going to ask me that. I've already paid Travis. (laughs) He was like, oh, you have? Yes, I have, (laughs) Julius. And so, (laughs) you know, you know, you're a mom. You know what's going to happen. You see stuff before it happens. Yeah, absolutely. So, we're nervous, and you know, we get on the bus, and um, we get to our table, and the atmosphere is just amazing. And you're just waiting for this moment to happen, and you're nervous. And Julius and I have watched so many games and so many draft moments together, and you see those players sitting at the table with their parents, just waiting to hear their name called, and we got back to that moment of when Julius broke his foot in high school. So when he worked out NBA teams and he was at the NBA um, com- uh, combine, um, they saw the screw in his foot. And so that kind of, you know, got out there. And so um, they said, you know, he was probably going to lower his draft. But we were hoping that was going to happen. He would still be in that top five range. And um, so... One, two, three was called. The fourth player was called. And he's kind of looking at me crazy. And, um, you know, we're nervous. And we've seen, again, players sitting there thinking, when is my name going to be called? And you see that expression on their faces. And um, the fifth player got called. It wasn't Julius. And he looked at me. And he started holding his head down. And he said something to me. And I said, stop it. I said, hold your head up. I said, look up and don't say anything. I said, because you're being liked and you know they can probably hear what you're saying. I said, you put a smile on your face. I said, they're gonna call your name. And the sixth kid was called and then the seventh one. And when they called his name, it was just like this sound of relief. And he did this big breathe in and you know, he was breathing out like, you know. It's happened. And then look at God. He put him with the Lakers, his favorite yes. team. <laughs> He's getting ready to play with his idol. You know, how awesome is that? Great. We're happy now about the foot and everything else you got, you know, you got to your favorite team and um, we hugged and he ran up on the stage and um, Kobe sent out a, Uh, a tweet, like, you know, all the players do, you know, welcome to the family and stuff. And um, it was amazing. Now the journey is about to start. And uh, it was an amazing night.
0: So what was it like for you when you saw him put that Lakers hat on?
1: About in tears and just overjoyed. And again, like I said, I've seen him, you know, every shoe he had was a Kobe shoe. That's all, you know, she was a 6'9", 250 pounds, and, you know, he should be wearing a high-top shoe, you know, support <laughs> on the ankles, you know, <laughs> and all he wanted to wear was those low-top Kobe's, and uh, just this, you know, save this moment up, he's going to finally be able to meet him and talk to him in person, wow. and um, I was so happy for him. I was so happy for him. The hard work of course, of had course. paid off,
0: you know? Oh, and did it matter to you though which team he was drafted to or was seeing him in the purple and gold just meant to be
1: at first when we got there i actually didn't even think about the lakers um you know i was just in that moment of we're here right now what's about to happen i had no clue even where all the teams were their standings where I didn't even look I was just in that moment and when it was the Lakers it it was just like I said like a dream come true how crazy is this you know he has all these Kobe jerseys and this is where he's going this was meant to be and we was just so happy you know there couldn't have been
0: another team at that moment for him yeah so let's go right into his rookie year did you attend his first game?
1: I did, and
0: I almost didn't. I was
1: working, and I worked in accounting, and, um, you know, it was close to month in, and I had a lot to do. And I was like, Julius, I'm not coming to opening night. I'm going to come that Friday so I can stay through the whole weekend. He was like, no, Mom, it's opening night. You got to come to opening night, Mom. You got to. I was like, okay, forget it. You know, i just bring my laptop with me. That, yeah. Okay. I'm, yeah, I'm on my way. I'm on my way. Thank God I did. Yeah. Because he broke his foot that night. That's right. 14 minutes. 14 minutes. Play. Yep. <laughs> can you imagine as a mom, if I hadn't attended that game and I was at home waiting to come there at the weekend and I'm watching the game and my son broke his foot and there is nothing I can do. Who can I get on call on the phone? You know, I could, his uh, fiance was there. I'm trying to, you know, who can I call get in contact with to find out what's going on with my son? I would have been crazy. So I'm so glad I was there. And um, when it happened, you know, we're sitting there and the arena just seems like I couldn't hear anybody because I'm looking at him and I'm waiting for that moment of, so many times before that if he fell down, he was getting ready to get back up. And the, the play had, you know, finished and everybody was going down to the, end of the other end of the court. Jules was on the floor, like scooting back. And I'm just saying, Julius, get up. Julius, get up. Get up, son, get up. He wasn't getting up. And I'm like, he's not getting up. He's hurt, he's not getting up. And, you know, they finally stopped the game and everybody ran down there. And I'm like, he's not getting up. It's not right. And I went to AC Green and I said, take me where I need to be. You know, where are they getting ready to take him? Get me there. Yeah. And um my daughter was there and my um my daughter-in-law, and uh he took us through the tunnel, and um they bought him back in time he saw me. Again, 19 years old, all they know is mama. And that's the first thing he said was mama, mama. And I ran to him and I knew I had to show strength. I couldn't cry in front of him. I had to be strong for him and face whatever it is that we were about to face. And they took him in and they did the x-ray. And you could see the, the fractured bone, the doctor was showing, you know, it was clear. And um he was holding to my hand. He's said a few curse words. And here go this mom again. Boy, stop swearing. <laughs> I don't want to hear another curse word out of you. We're gonna get through this, you know. <laughs> don't don't say those words, we're gonna get through this, you know. And um you know, um, they took him on to the hospital and um I stayed there for a month. Um it was one of the hardest moments. I had to and Kendra, we had to accept the things that he was saying, mean things, you know, because he was angry. Yeah. This was his first game. He finally reached his dream of playing an NBA, and it was just taken away from him. It was not going to be like the foot, and he was out four to six weeks, eight weeks. He was out for that whole season, yeah. and he he was just lashing out. And um, but the Lakers were great; they would not let him give up, and they you know sent food over every day. You know, they helped him shower, and um, then they said, you know, he's not going to sit here and mope. They made him come to practice every day with the team. Nice. And uh, Mitch Kupchak, which was he was great, uh, he made Julius take notes. You come to the game, you take notes. I want you to tell me what you're seeing, right. you know, and what could have been done better, you know, watching films and stuff, keeping him engaged in the game, keeping his mind working, feeling a part of the team even though he wasn't out there on the, um, on the court. And, um, and then his agent, um, Aaron Mintz, um, Paul George, that's his agent as well. Paul had just came off that same injury. He was rehabbing. He had just broken his leg like a few months before that. So um, he had Paul to talk to Julius and talk to him about what he was going to feel the things that you know, he was going to experience moving forward and how to uh, cope with that pain because you're going to have to go through it to be able to get to the next step of your um, rehab. So, um, you know, sometimes I say um, because he was so young, And maybe he hadn't realized a lot of things he needed to do as far as, you know, keeping his body in shape, eating the right things that I wish he could have played, but maybe it was a blessing because it was a year of experience because he was 19. Yeah, still a baby. He was still a baby. So maybe that was a year for him to rest. Maybe that was a year for him to watch more film, ask more questions from other players. And get him
0: ready for that second year. With Kobe being his his mentor, do you know of any conversations that they had during that time? Like, did Kobe encourage him?
1: I don't. I don't know um, of any conversations. I know that they did talk a lot. Um, I just tried not to stress him out. Asking a lot of questions, yeah, unless uh, it was something dealing with the doctor um, but um I just try to let him mature through that moment because he was a professional now, That's right I couldn't ask all the questions and then relate them to him. He had to do all of that now. You know, he's 19, but he's a grown man because he has his own job now. And he has to do those things. He has to seek out that information. And so if it was something he wanted to, you know, tell me, you know, he did. um, But I let him handle that. Um,
0: But eventually he bounced back. He did. Yeah. So let's talk about that triple double at age 21. What was that moment like for him? Because he became the youngest Laker with a triple-double since Magic Johnson.
1: Yeah, yeah. It felt like everything that had happened before was like a dream. Because now everything was going in the right direction. He could see himself getting to that next level. It was still more work to be done to continue to maintain that triple-double. You know, you might not get a triple-double every night, but maybe you can get a double-double you know, (laughs) Um, and just that feel good moment, you know, that it was all worth it and that I'm here, you know, I've laid down this legacy, this moment with the Lakers that, you know, it's in the books, you know, they can't forget about it. It's in the books.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So after four seasons of consistent growth as a player, Julius and the Lakers parted ways when he became mm-hmm. um, an un- unrestricted free agent and signed with the Pelicans. Mm-hmm. How did that opportunity with the Pelicans come about?
1: It was open and we were like, he was like looking at other teams. And then Anthony Davis reached out to him. Anthony was still with the Pelicans. yeah. <laughs> so Anthony was his biggest recruit <laughs> recruiter there. <laughs> and, um, Hey, he's from Kentucky, this family, you know, you know, who are you going to trust? You know, you know, you trust family, what they say and what you could, you know, possibly accomplish there. And um, it was a small market, you know, coming from L.A., a big market. But the people were so great there. You know, we met a lot of great people there Mm -hmm. and um, it was a good year there for Julius. Um, He grew. He learned some things, um, you know, learn how to pass the ball more and, you know, how to learn how to, you know, get assists. And, you know, Anthony was hurt for, um, a lot of that season. So a lot of things that maybe they talked about of what they wanted to accomplish because the Pelicans, I think just that year before had made it to the playoffs, you know, right. that first time they had a couple of Kentucky players there, um, uh, and like I said, with Anthony being hurt and a couple of other players, you know, they didn't reach the dream of what you know he and Anthony wanted that year. But it was still a learning experience uh, for him, yeah. and it was great.
0: So it was reported that Julius was offered a nine million dollar contract extension with the Pelicans, but he declined to make the move to the New York Knicks, where he signed. His three year, $62 million deal. Are you mm-hmm. able to talk about any of that? And how amazing was it for you to see him get rewarded for all of his hard work?
1: I was actually, um, he was doing his interviews. He said, Mom, okay, I'm getting ready to go on in this interview at three o'clock. You know, I'm doing this with New York. And I was like, okay, okay. I was at the park running because I was stressed. So I was trying to get a <laughs> run in. <laughs> get my stress level down, what's getting ready to happen, <laughs> and uh, and his agent called me, he said, well, I've been talking to him, you know, New York, hey, that's a big city, you know, they don't play in New York mm-hmm. and stuff, fans and stuff, and he was like, that's where he wants to go, he said he wants to go there, this is his first interview, that's where he wants to be, and I was like, okay, okay, and then he got, walked out of the meeting, and he called me, he said, mom, it went great," he said. "That's where I'm going." I was like, "Hey, if you're happy, I'm happy too," and stuff. And I was like, <laughs> "Wow," you know. He, you know, uh, Aaron told me, you know, what he was going to be signing and stuff. And I was like, "This is great," you know. You're finally, you know, getting rewarded. You had a great season last year; would have been great. You, you met so many people in New Orleans if you, you know, could have stayed there. Right. But God again has other plans for you, That's and good. you're in another big market able to showcase what you can do and you're getting paid for it. So
0: great. His steps were ordered to the Knicks, right? Yes. That's right. So we all know that New York is the mecca of basketball. However, Mm -hmm. the Knicks have struggled for years and with that comes the pressure of being a Knick and playing at Madison Square Garden. So how has he handled the fans and the media? (laughs)
1: Last year was rough. (laughs) last year was rough and you know he did that interview with the Tribune and poured his heart out Um, being a mom you know we were talking about this earlier you read stuff on Twitter you read stuff on Instagram they were tearing my baby up Mm -hmm. my heart was just to the floor because I was like They don't even know him. He is the most kind, giving person that I know, just the most sweetest personality. And they're just hating on my son, you know? And again, I never discussed this with Julius. I never said one thing. The only thing that I would do, and I still do to this day is, I text my son after every game, regardless if he wins or if he loses or if I'm at the game. I text him, and he'll get the text when you go to the locker room. All I said was, baby, hold your head up and just keep trying and just go out there and just give your best. It was a lot of pressure. you know. They paid him that money, like he said in that interview, and he never was ever the number one option. And he put a lot of that pressure on himself, mm-hmm. trying to go out there and give New York what they deserved. And um, it was a lot of pressure, mm-hmm. and um, it didn't happen the way he foreseed it right. to uh, to happen. And um, so, when you're not down. And things don't happen the way you want it to, you figure it out. You know, what did I do wrong? It's kind of like looking at them after every game, whether you win or lose. Okay, why didn't I get out there on that player? Or who should have gone out there on that player? What could I have done different? Or looking at my shot, my arm, okay, it's off. Okay, I need to get in the gym and, you know, work on my trainers and stuff. So, actually, in some ways, the pandemic was a great thing for Julius because they didn't make the playoffs, but it gave him time to work and to think. And he came back home here in Dallas. He was here for seven months. And my son was in the gym three times a day, first thing in the morning. And he'd go eat lunch, take time off, work out again. And then he hired this strength and conditioning coach to build up his body to where he could play these 40-something minutes that he plays. Yeah. And um working on his shot. Jules would shoot the three, but he put the work, he wasn't as good at it as he is now. He put the work in it uh for those seven months to bring himself to a different level of play and being able to give New York what he wanted to give them yeah. last year. And God is so good. I could just keep saying God is so good so many times because I stayed on bended knees praying for him. I would just send him texts of prayer. Um, and, you know, sometimes you question stuff and you, and, you know, they say, you know, you don't question God. You don't, don't question God. He does stuff for a reason. But when you're in the flesh, you can't figure out yeah. what that reason is. Because all you know is you ask your father for something and you expect him to give it to you. Right. But he's preparing you. And I think last year was a year of being prepared. God preparing him to be able to handle this moment. And, uh, and when it happened, you know, it's amazing. I tell him when I see him smile on that court, when they win, I said, thank God. I spent all that money on them braces. I can finally see yeah. my <laughs> work when I see him smile, you know, and he said, yes, mama. Yes. You know, um, I'm just so happy for him because I know what he endured, um, I know the work he put in. I I knew what he wanted to give to to New York, what he wanted to bring them back to. And this team is just amazing. The coaching staff is amazing. And um I just, uh, you know, when, when God prepares you,
0: you know. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean yeah. I don't think a lot of people understand the pressure it is for these players to always Mm -hmm. have to be expected to live up to what the fans really want. They don't know the pressure on their bodies. They just feel this kid's getting whatever million dollars. So they automatically, you know what I mean? Have this body that's just always prepared to do miracles and that's not the case. Right. So not at all. Not at all. Do you have any favorite scriptures? that you would text him?
1: Well, growing up, uh, our favorite scripture was John ten ten, 10. And, um, it's talking about where the devil comes in to kill, steal, and destroy, mm-hmm. but I came to give you life. Right. And, um, that's our favorite scripture. Uh, I remember he was in a Bible study class and, uh, the, uh, the coach, um, which is the chaplain for the team. He was asking each player, Juice was like in the fifth or sixth grade, you know, what's your favorite scripture? And you know, everybody say songs, when songs, So like jesus pops up with <laughs> John T- 17. And, yeah. and he was like, what did this kid know about John 17? <laughs> but that, that was our yeah, scripture, you know, yeah. with stuff in life, when you, You face things, tragedies, you know, that's the devil trying to come in and kill, steal and destroy your joy, but you still have God and he came in to give you life and give it to you abundantly. Mm -hmm. And it's just believing and waiting for that moment because it's going to come. Absolutely. You know,
0: know, believing is what's going to get you somewhere. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So I just love that you're a family of faith. Yeah, you know, I was reading yeah. a lot of things about your family, and reading, I was like, "Wow, it's just beautiful." You know what I mean? Because it's what helps mm-hmm. people move forward. It helps me get it forward. It helps me do better. So I just yeah. love that. And that's why I said, "I know she has a scripture that she texts him." So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah.
1: <laughs> so
0: this year he was named an all-star. How amazing mm-hmm. yeah. was that for you, Mom?
1: Totally amazing. When the window opened for us to start voting, you know, we had family groups, you know, okay, it's time to vote. Today is vote counts double and, (laughs) you know, just double texting all on Twitter, you know, texting and stuff. And uh, when it looked like it was going to happen and he had been playing so well and to have a franchise in a city so behind him you know, posting stuff, you guys, let's vote for Julius and you know, retweet it. I was like, I think it's gonna happen. You know, it's gonna happen. And um he was just so nervous about it and stuff and uh he wanted it so bad, you know. Yeah. He wanted it, uh this is just one of his dreams, you know, he wanted to accomplish. And um when you know they you know put out the um the total rankings where everyone was and he was in the eighth spot. And I was like, okay, this is good. And and the fans were like, okay, come on, we can do better than A. Hey, Jewish needs to be way up there. We can do better than this. And and they're just voting, you know, it's just going crazy. And um, you know, he didn't make the starter. That's okay. And I was like, these 30 coaches have to believe in him, yeah. you know, and see what he's done when he's played against them. And um, and they did. And when um The Knicks called me, you know, we didn't know yet. And they called me like maybe two days before that. They wanted me to do a recording, just congratulating him and just tell me how proud I was of him. And so I kind of had to keep it like, you know, not say congratulations on your all-star because (laughs) we didn't want to jinx it, you know, so just say how proud I am of you, you know, stuff like that. He had no clue. And, uh, So that night, you know, they're waiting, they have a game and then he FaceTimed me and his agent had already called me. He's in, he's in. And my daughter-in-law called me. He's in, he's in. And then Jew was FaceTiming and he was crying. He was like, mommy, we did it. And I was like, yes. I was like, I'm so proud of you. And this is great. And um, then it was like, I think halftime, he's walking on the court. And then, bam, they hit me on the on the screen saying, Julius, surprise. And he was like, whoa, what? <laughs> and he had the biggest smile on his face. And he saw me up there congratulating him. And um, we was just so happy. Uh, you know, just thank the city for all the support um, that they had, you know, given him. It was like last year was a blur. You know, yeah. this is just so amazing. And, you know, I almost didn't go because I'm diabetic and dealing with this pandemic, you know, they was, you know, talking about people with underlying diseases and, you know, getting the COVID and, uh, 2020 was hard. Um, I'm used to going to almost all of his games. Um, my mom had just passed and now, you know, I'm shut in without my family. You know, Juice is in New York. My daughter, she lives like an hour away, but they're trying to protect me. And, uh, you know, I finally I got my shot. And um, he said, mom, he said, I know how things are and you nervous. He said, if you don't want to go, he said, I'm not going to pressure you. He said, I'm just going to keep working hard mm-hmm. every day. And he said, hopefully, you know, next year sometime, I'll make it again. And so I was like, okay. He said, just think about it. And so I had to talk to a friend of mine that's a therapist. And he said to me, he said, I'm going to talk to you like a man of God. And then I'm going to talk to you as your friend. He said, you believe in God. And he said, what God has for you is for you. He said, you have to have faith that he is protecting you. He said, secondly, you and your son have worked hard through all these years as he, you know, as a kid up into this moment, this is a great moment for you. We might not live to see tomorrow. We might not live to see next year. You have the protection of God over you. You go and enjoy your son's moment. And the NBA made it so perfect because I didn't want to fly commercial and be around all these people. And they had us on private jets. Girl, they had us on a private jet. (laughs) I'll tell you my story later. (laughs) <laughs> yes. And then, you know, they booked the whole hotel, and we had all this food. You know, I forgot yeah. all about my diabetes. I was eating oatmeal cookies <laughs> and
0: everything, enjoying the moment. Getting the sugar.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And uh, I'm so glad I went. It was so wonderful to see him out there uh, accomplishing another dream. Yeah.
0: Oh, I'm so happy that you were able to go. I really am. I mean, it's such a blessing, mm-hmm. right, when you see... When you see your kids do so well, and it's even better when you're there live. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just different. You know what I mean? You're, you're yes. breathing the same air that they're breathing, and you're just doing it yes. all with them. You're
1: able to touch them. Yes. You're able to take kisses with them on the court. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not on
0: TV or yes. days later. No, same moment. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> your baby's been on fire and was recently named the Eastern Conference Player of the Week. The mm, Knicks mm. have won eight straight and the fandom in New York City is back. So how are you <laughs> feeling about the postseason? Uh, happy, happy. <laughs> I'm like, uh, I'm watching
1: every game and I'm like sitting on the ottoman in front of the TV, just watching every play and just, you know, what? it's amazing. And him making, you know, That accomplishment, another one again and stuff um, is just due to his hard work and, you know, the coaches and media, everybody acknowledging, you know, how well he's doing and what he's giving to his team. And just like he said, when your team is winning and doing well as a whole, then everyone else can see you then they can see everyone on the team, what you bring to the team. You know, it's hard for anyone to pay attention to you when you're losing. You know, they just toss you to the side. But when you're winning and you got another W, you know, and stuff, it was like, okay, what's going on over here in the city? Oh, my gosh. They are just over the top. You know, when you're winning, those are the best fans. I mean, New York fans will... Hey, they are rally behind you, oh, and yeah. they are crazy.
0: You have a lot of friends <laughs> when you're winning. So <laughs> you're yeah, right. You're right. When you're winning, a lot of friends. Everybody loves you. So, so yes. what is one thing as mom you feel you've contributed to Julius's success to date?
1: You know, I can't even talk about it being basketball. Julius, uh, what I'm most proud of Julius is the man that he has become. Um, the dad, he is just such a wonderful, wonderful dad. Um, wonderful husband. Um, he doesn't want, he's on the road. He, if it's one or two days fine, but if it's anything more than that, he wants his family right there with him. Um, traveling with him because he doesn't want to be apart from them. Um, I'm so proud of him. He gives so much time out to his family and, um, and his son, they have such a great relationship yeah. and uh, he tries to watch everything he does because Kite mimics everything he does yeah. on the court. You know, he, he got his little jab step down <laughs> or if Julius is fussing at the ref. One time I was there and Kendra's like, he's fussing at the ref, Julius. And Okay, Julius, you got to stop fussing at the ref because he sees what you're doing. <laughs> you I think it's so um, cute. But he is, he's such an amazing dad. Um, I, I can't begin to talk about it. Um, you know, put it into words, just how proud that makes me um, of him. Because again, I was a single parent. So Julius know what he didn't have with him and what he wanted. And so he knows how to give that to Kaiden so he doesn't miss anything.
0: Yeah. I was watching a video with him and Kaiden playing and Mm -hmm. Julius did this introduction. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And he was like, here comes Kaiden Randall. He was like number 30. So speaking of number 30, how proud are you that he chose to wear the very same number that you graced the court with?
1: I love it. Um, He asked me about that number. I think maybe he was like maybe six or seven. He had been wearing Kobe's number, number eight. And uh, I was in the kitchen cooking and he came in. He said, mom, what was your number when you played in college? What did you wear? I said, number 30. Why? He said, can I have it? I said, well, if you're going to do something with it, yeah, but if you're not, leave my number long. Okay. Take 29. <laughs> <And> so,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I tell everybody when they ask me that question, I tell them the story. I said, I guess he's done something with it. He's done more with it, you know, than I did. So, Look where he you know, is that's now, our mama. number.
0: That's right. Look where he is yeah. now. So. Yeah.
1: And now it's Kyden's number. That's right. You know, and so one time somebody tried to get him to change the number. They was like, can you change his number to my number? It was a coach. And I was like, no, you know, you go to your kids and let your kids wear their number. This is our legacy right here. That's He's wearing it. my number. See you, bye. <laughs> so, <laughs>
0: yeah. so now let's learn some fun facts about Julius Okay. okay. So what was Julius's go-to dish you make that he must always have?
1: He loved the baked chicken, chicken breasts I used to make, and uh, stuffed baked potato with all the stuff in it, uh, bacon bits. And I couldn't just put the bacon bits and cheese all on top. I had to mix it all in for him and have it you know, <laughs> prepared for him already. He didn't want to do all that. I had to do it for him. <laughs>
0: sparled yeah yeah i was just gonna say it's like a restaurant at home yeah so what is one childhood item he couldn't live without other than a basketball one childhood item
1: hmm well he liked his playstation
0: yeah yeah yes the playstation know what I think I'm going to switch that question up next interview (laughs) (laughs) because we had to add the same way (laughs) yes we added other than a basketball because everybody was saying basketball and now everybody's saying playstation (laughs) yeah yeah. I love it I love it When we take that out they're gonna say xbox maybe so (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) did he have a nickname and if so what was it Well, we still
1: call him this today. We, uh, instead of just Julius, Julius is when I'm serious. Julius, you know, but most of the time we just say Jew or Juju. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Now you're going to, we're going to ask you some advice questions. Okay. Okay. So what advice would you give to another courtside mom about dealing with a coaching decision that she did not agree with?
1: To stay out of it. To stay out of it. This is not high school. This is not AAU. This is your son's job, yes. okay? If your son worked for a Corporate America, would you go in there and say something to his boss that he did something to your son that you didn't like? No. <laughs> stay out of it. and leave it between your son and that coach. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what advice would you give to a player on how to deal with a tough teammate?
1: Mm. Try to talk it out, try to, you know, get together and talk about what it is that maybe you don't agree with each other on Uh, because you got to play with that player Mm -hmm. and you don't want to take that stuff out on the court because it affects your game. You know, you might feel like when that player come out, oh, here he come. I got to play with him. You don't want that feeling, you know, out there, that negativeness out there, you know, negativeness on your team. You want everybody, baby, to get along and pulling for each other. So I would suggest that, you know, you tell your son to, you know, get with that player and just let them talk it out and get to an understanding.
0: Absolutely. And last question. If you could give only one piece of advice to another courtside mom, what would it be? Enjoy the moment. It goes by so fast. Enjoy the moment. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Oh, Carolyn, you are a joy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so glad to talk to you. Oh. Thank you so much for coming on courtside, moms. You really, really just made my day, and I'm so blessed that I had this opportunity to learn a lot about Julius and and your family. You guys are just wonderful. You truly are. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, so much. Thank you. You won't done, baby. I do it naturally. Whoa, whoa.